Welcome to another episode of the Dead Center Podcast. This is Nick Hodge, and today I'm joined with Laron Chapman. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And can you kind of just tell the people, uh, you know, your role with Dead Center and your role within the film industry? Sure. Yeah. I um, So I've been with Dead Center uh, with an official title um, as the head of Pride Programming, um, kind of curating stories about the LGBT community. Um, and they, it's good that they created a space for me to do so because they've always been a very diverse um, uh, festival, but um, but specifically giving someone from that community a voice to actually curate pro- projects about those stories. Absolutely. So, um, and so I've been with them for three years under that official title, but I feel like I've been working with them for like seven years, you know, so <laughs> um, just in, in various capacities. And since I've been kind of oscillating you know, orbiting around the festival for a long time just as a, a fan and as a, a fellow filmmaker. Um, it just kind of felt like a really nice natural fit. And so um, they brought me on to officially start, um, you know, helping curate uh, submissions for the film. So for the that. for the festival. So, yeah, I love that. And, awesome. It's really been really nice to be involved with the curating and um, the thousands of submissions that we <laughs> get. And, you know, so. Um, I feel like when I'm not watching things in the theater or on streaming, I'm watching something on my computer from people who, you know, creating their first their first films some, in some cases. So um, and I know what that's like to be on the other side of that because I'm also a writer director here in the state. I've directed a feature film um, called You People mm. um, in 2017, and it actually won Best Oklahoma Film that year at Dead Center. So oh, awesome. also an <laughs> alumni. So filmmaker, podcaster, screenwriter, and then work in film in various capacities. So, um, yeah, jack of all trades when it comes to movies. Even dabbling acting sometimes, but I try I not to advertise that as much. But <laughs> I say that as I'm saying it on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So I have to ask, uh, in your you know like tenure with Dead Center, um, before and leading up to like your uh, role with them, do you have like any favorite memories from the festival or just your time spent with them? You know... Um, you know, it seems, you mean um, as a programmer or just in, with the festival itself? Just either or, honestly. Well, I would say, I mean, I, it, 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 I mean, premiering my, my feature film um, at Dead Center um, and being an unknown, you know, I'd been working in film since 2012. Um, the first film I worked on was August Osage County, mm. um, which for your first movie to, you know, to be working with, I mean, Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts right. and that, that whole cast. <laughs> And to have zero set etiquette knowledge whatsoever, just kind of just thrown to the wolves, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I started with that, so it was a good, <laughs> a good launching pad. You know, and yeah. then immediately just got thrust into the local Oklahoma film scene and um, worked my way up from being a PA to being a, in a, a first AD to being different different capacities. And so when I made my first, set out to make my first film after doing that for about six years, working in working in just various capacities on other people's films. I remembered, I was like, I went to college to become a filmmaker. Right. I should be making my own things. And so I, I wrote my first film, You People, and it was kind of loosely based on my life and dealing with, you know, just identity and um, as a black male and being a double minority in, in a very conservative state and uh, mm-hmm. made a comedic film about that experience. Um, and, um, again, had no, um, what would you say, I had no... Um, uh, just basically like no name in the state like Mm -hmm. i mean people knew me on sets but they didn't know me um you know just in the in the larger capacity that i actually did actually create things as well um and so with dead center when one getting getting admitted to the festival that i frequented so often was really nice but Mm -hmm. then to show up on opening night for both of 
both of the two screenings of my film to, you know, um, like a, a wall of people, you know, um, <laughs> and having to turn away 80 people the first night. Um, so two sold out screenings to something you just created out of, out of a vacuum with the local community mm -hmm. here. And was a very emotional and cathartic experience because it just is validating as an artist to see like I made something and people actually showed up to see it. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. so that support was really nice. And so I feel like that goodwill and that energy has kind of kept me attached to this festival because I, I, I know I want other people who are striving for that, to, you know, to be able to share in that same kind of experience. And so it's a weird, <laughs> delicate balance of, you know, knowing that you're kind of the the ambassadors and the the um, the key, the gatekeepers of who gets to be in the festival, and so it's a really I really take it very seriously. But I also understand that you know some people are learning for the first time, and so I always take that into consideration whenever I'm looking at things. Absolutely, I love that. And so I had to ask because you know you said you're kind of like a jack of all trades. Do you have like a favorite role or like hat to put on in the film world? <laughs> you know, I was terrified of directing initially. Like I didn't actually intend to. I was like I was like I I could write. I knew that I could write screenplays, and I you know got a scholarship to OU. Um, um, and I did. Um, I, I went there with a film degree, but mm -hmm. got there on a journalism scholarship. And so, but then only wanted to talk about film journalism. Yeah. <laughs> so, so very quickly that morphed into what can I do where I can write and 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 talk about film in some capacity. And I, right. I landed with screenwriting, and screenwriting kind of became the perfect marriage of doing that. You know, still creating things. And um, so, screenwriting is my favorite thing to do, but. Um, I, when I did my first film with you people, they basically were like, this is basically your story, and you know, um, you don't have to pay yourself, so they can save a lot of the budget that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, then, and they were like, you should direct this. No one knows this any, any, any better than you will. You know, right. you live these experiences, so. Um, if you fail, it's just on you. It's not on every. It's not on some on some big studio. Or, no pressure. No pressure. Right. Exactly. So, um, but oddly, that came naturally for me. So, I think my favorite role now is directing. Is just because I think it's intimidating for a lot of people. But mm -hmm. I think some people conflate directing with with being a cinematographer a lot. And right. in some cases, it is. I mean, you can do both. But it's just kind of. Um, or having technical camera knowledge and everything. And, mm -hmm. um, and then, but for me, you know, being there and being able to just be able to articulate yourself and say what your needs are and creatively what you want to accomplish, it's really everyone else's job to kind of interpret what you're saying and make that happen. And then I just adjust it and modify it based on what they come up with. And right. so... It's it's just about being articulate and knowing what you want and having a clear vision and so that I typically have you know so yeah so I, I really enjoy directing a lot and some people think that's a scary job and I really think you know there are other jobs on sets that are scarier you know um, I think the first AD actually the mm. assistant director has mm -hmm. the scariest job because he's the one if you know if time's getting away from the day and everything that the producers are coming in you know with the whips yeah. and chains so it's just very like. I don't like that role because the, the gatekeeper of time because nobody wants to talk to the person who's saying hurry up, mm -hmm, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I can't remember the exact like numbers on it, but I remember like someone uh, that worked as a first AD was telling me that there's like um, a statistic for like people in that role. It's such a stressful job that mm -hmm. like a certain percent of them have like heart problems by the age of like forty to 50 oh yeah, something. They, they're, they're, <laughs> it's like their life expectancy is definitely lower than others. I think it's somewhere in the sixties. You know, like it's which, crazy, which is yeah, and which is also why like I've done it a few times. It's not for me. Like I can do it, mm -hmm. but the problem is I'm I tend to be a very charismatic person or try to be you know mm -hmm. on set you know, and so. 
um, that's not a role where you can do that. You know, mm-hmm. um, you really have to be direct and assertive, almost kind of cold and very matter of fact with mm-hmm. people because the person who everyone loved and they don't take it seriously, they don't understand that you mean I need you to hurry up. Right. You know, and so, you know, I prefer the director gets to go around and schmooze around with the actors and be kind of, you know what I mean? So there's, <laughs> right, there's kind right. of a level of, of yeah. And I, I do much better at that. I think I'm also much better on the other end, too, with like marketing and pushing the product after the fact, you know, um, you know, so that I enjoy. I love talking about the process and everything. So. Uh, but yeah, so absolutely. Well, I love that. Well, um, I want to uh, change gears a little bit. Um, we just had the um, Golden Globes, and yeah. so you know, award season is kind of upon us. And uh, before we get into that, I wanted to give a, you know a shout out to Dead Center alumna uh, Lily Gladstone and yeah. her uh, big Golden Globes win. It's very exciting for yeah. a uh, historic win, yeah. Which is kind of insane to think as long as it's been in existence, this is the first first time. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's very exciting. I got a chance to meet her at last year's Dead mm-hmm. Center. Um, mm-hmm. She was here with the, at the festival and um, got to snag a photo with her as well. And nice. um, <laughs> I even said then, I was like, I really hope that this photo means I'm I'm hugging a future Oscar winner. You know, <laughs> we just kind of get cold <laughs> yeah. about that. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and uh, if you get, didn't get a chance to see it, uh, her other film, apart from Killers, uh, Fancy Dance, was just yeah. phenomenal. Was very like, good. Uh, I saw that at Circle Cinema Film Festival. And just very well done film. Yeah, I actually I actually prefer her in that one. You know, to Killers, yes. and I know that's almost blasphemous at this point. Just <laughs> not, the, but it's just because that film doesn't has dif- distribution. I think if more people saw it, right. she'd probably be in contention for that one as well but um i think it's i think both roles are great she's great in both of them but i just mm-hmm. think she has a lot more to do in yeah. that in that one for sure very she's different the roles yeah 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 sure. no her approach to that is very good there's like a, a moment in that film i don't want to spoil it for anyone but it's like something with like uh they're on the run mm-hmm. stealing gas mm-hmm. and there's like a trick with like the gas pump that i've never seen in a film before and <laughs> yeah. i was just like oh that's like clever writing i've never even thought of that trick yeah. or whatever yeah yeah um but no that was a very good film but yeah uh going into the other things do you kind of want to um lead us into you know what's leading the charge in the different categories yeah i um i think um so for me the uh the oscars is i tell people it's my super bowl it's my miss america <laughs> it's my whatever whatever the the equivalent of that is in, yeah. in terms of that i i log so many movies a year i mean i'm, I'm average three or four new releases every week and so wow. by the end of the year i've seen everything the foreign films the short films everything and so i'm 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 uber prepared you know yeah. what i mean for for the oscars this year i'm going to be in south by southwest with dead center you know um during the Oscars, so I'm gonna. I'm, I'm afraid. I want to. I feel like I might have to like sneak away and in, into a bar and watch watch the Oscars, yeah. see what wins, <laughs> or just stay away from the internet for two days because I know I'm gonna. Be, people are gonna be texting me with their. Yeah, you know, have it pulled up on your phone or ex- something. Exactly. <laughs> see, it's literally like sports because I see people, like you know dads like, when they're at Vince, they don't want to be there, like checking the sports. They're like, where are we at? How are we doing? Yeah, check, you know? <laughs> checking the scores. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but in terms of um, predictions, yeah, I think. I mean, Oppenheimer was a big, mm-hmm. a big, you know, cultural moment for film this year. Um, and so I know that those are two big players. Mm-hmm. Um, I really see kind of best picture shaping up being kind of Oppenheimer, Barbie, Poor Things, mm-hmm. Anatomy of a Fall, which won the can, the Palm Door at, at Cannes, um, mm-hmm. Past Lives, uh, Bradley Cooper's Maestro, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon here. Um, and then, then it gets that that ninth or tenth spot is kind of um, seems like it's going to be between May December or the Zone of Interest, but mm. um, both two kind of tricky films that kind of have very strong people have strong reactions to one way or the other. Right. Um, but it's just kind of 
what we're unsure, like what what will the academy favor? But I think in terms of winners, I think uh, I think Oppenheimer's probably going to take it. It kind of yeah. seems like it's Christopher Nolan's year. He's kind of turned out so many movies, just, you know, and he's just he's never won, mm-hmm. and so it kind of seems like the, he's kind of overdue for a win. So I kind of predict that for pitcher and for director. Mm-hmm. Um, actress is going to be interesting. Um, the people, the lineup as I see it, um, like I said, the SAG noms came out today, and um, people that are missing from that list are um, Fantasia Barino for The Color Purple, mm. Greta Lee for Past Lives, and um, and Sandra Huller from um, Anatomy of a Fall. So it's it's unclear which one of those are going to take the fifth spot of this, but I think the other ones are pretty locked in. Lily Gladstone mm-hmm. and Emma Stone in Poor Things, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. Um, now, um, between this though, either no matter how that 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 lines up, it's it's going to be a battle of the stones. It's yeah, gla- it's, it's, gla- it's Lily Gladstone versus Emma Stone. Yep, yep. Um, stone versus stone. Stone versus stone. And I really feel like, you know, I've seen both films. Poor Things was my favorite movie of last year, mm. and I'm, you know, and I think Emma Stone does the best work she's done in her entire career in that movie. It's very fearless. It's off mm-hmm. the wall, crazy. She's going for it. Um, so I think on a technical level, there's there's more there, mm-hmm. um, but um, I think Lily Gladstone did so much with so little yes. in Killers of the Flower Moon, and it's a very internal performance, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I feel like it's kind of like how do you compare these two things? They require different things of the actresses, right. so it's just kind of it kind of becomes a just a matter of taste or preference within that case. Mm-hmm. So I give Lily Gladstone the edge here. I'm gonna, I'm hoping that she wins, and I think that she actually has a chance to win because Emma Stone has won once before for, right. for La La for Land. La La Land yeah. And so she doesn't necessarily need a second Oscar, although I will say she definitely would have would be deserving of it if yeah. she does get it. <laughs> um, but Lily Gladstone being it would be again historic win, you know, first mm-hmm. Indigenous woman to win Best Actress, and mm-hmm. that that's very significant and probably a ceiling that needs to be broken has should have been broken long before now so absolutely i give her the edge because she has a stronger narrative behind her in terms of the goodwill kind of like michelle yo last year right well and it's crazy too because like you were saying like doing more with little like she was like you know taking scenes with like no dialogue at times mm-hmm. like apart from you know mm-hmm. like the leos and de niro's in that movie so um definitely very deserving of it yeah and i think that um in that particular category it's just I think too, like it's just going to be interesting to to see how um, to see if they do go with the narrative versus the because I think at the same time it's both it's both deser- both of, uh, both of them are deserving. That's why it's kind of arbitrary with the Oscars. It's like yeah. all these deserve Oscars. Just give them all an Oscar. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? All five. Uh, look, we picked five people out of hundreds that were probably submitted. So right. you five win Oscars, right? You I know, know, like I wish. I feel like that's how it should be. But you know, but. Then people would say it's participation pro- trophies, and really, mm-hmm. it's not competitive. The thing is, they all did they all did great achievements. But absolutely, I think just for the cultural moment, I feel like I, Lily Gladstone could you know could take that one. So absolutely, I know Oklahoma is rooting for her, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what about actor in a leading role? Uh, actor, this is another one where it feels like it's between Killian Murphy um, and Bradley Cooper. Um, mm-hmm. I personally like. Killian Murphy, another another quiet performance, mm. but haunting performance. You know, yeah. um, do you think Paul Giamatti could sneak in there at all I think for holdovers? So, you know, <laughs> I love I love the holdovers. It's great. Um, it's just that's like a cozy Christmas movie that I feel like I'm going to watch on repeat every year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and it's a good highlight reel. If you're a fan of his work, then it just gives you every 
Paul Giamatti-ism that you've ever seen. <laughs> you know, the comedic chop, the dra- dramatic chops, yeah. the, the rage fits. The He's just really, he's just a really great character actor, and it's he a really is. good highlight. So I would be very happy with that. Um, I feel like the Bradley Cooper thing, um, I'm more forgiving of Maestro. A lot of people, I, 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 for whatever reason, it's very divisive. Some people don't yeah. like it a lot. And the I, internet is an outrage over that movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because I, I feel like it's a good film, and I think Carey Mulligan's a lot better probably a lot better in the film than he is yeah that back half that focuses on her i think makes that film much much stronger Mm -hmm. for sure emotionally and i think with him i just think the character was kind of on the surface for much much of it like he gets the the performative aspects of that person right but i just feel like we don't dig deep enough into everything you know all of his drama is kind of just at the the base you know um i don't think he makes a caricature of it the way that it it seemed like it was going to be before going into it right but i i I did leave it feeling like i knew more about the wife than i did about the the, the maestro (laughs) and that's kind of not what you want to take away from it i would i would think no absolutely but yeah i think paul giamatti could definitely be a, a a dark horse win here and i would I would love that win. Yeah. But I think for my personal, I think that I think that Killian Murphy would is the likely winner there. Yeah. And I, I agree with what you said earlier. I think Oppenheimer just has like the the duality of the technical award aspect and the performance mm-hmm. like aspect of it where that's just a strong contender this year. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, for supporting um, actress. Um, it kind of seems like at this point, it's 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 also another holdovers holdovers likely win here mm-hmm. is, uh, for Divine Joy Randolph. Mm-hmm. Um, another another understated performance, not like super big and flashy, but what I love about that movie is you spend time with three unlikely characters, mm-hmm. and they just let you get to know all three of them very well. And at the end of it, it feels like yeah, it's like this this odd pairing of of people who yeah. kind of share a common like grief and loneliness you know at, during the holidays which i think some people can many people can relate to um and it'll be a nice you know um uplift during the holidays because they all kind of come out of their own spaces and in in, in in touching ways and i think that um she do, again does a lot with a little here too you mm-hmm. know um it's a very um um you know, at the sur- under the surface kind of performance as well, and she's kind of been known for c- comedy for so long, right? Right. So it's kind of nice to see her do something dramatic and kind of restrained here. Mm-hmm. And so, I think one of the strongest moments in that film is like when she's looking at like her b- the baby shoes of her son, mm-hmm. and her sister walks in, and it just like it hits you, and it's mm-hmm. like you don't really realize it's hitting you like like how much the character has been built up until that point, and then it's yeah. just like oh wow, like yeah, so it's lots like, of good character work under the surface there. For absolutely. Sure. All right, what about uh, actor in a supporting? role actor in a supporting role let's see um so uh this seems like robert downey jr's um robert downey jr versus ryan gosling Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know honestly the flashier one of course is uh ryan gosling and that would be a hilarious win for me because he 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 has a great career in drama yeah so it's just it would be funny for him to win as ken as ken as ken but it it is such a fun scene stealing role so i totally get it um I wonder if the Academy goes more with the prestige route. And, yeah. and in that case, Robert Downey Jr. also has a narrative here. Right. He's, and he's had many comebacks in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, went away for drugs and alcohol, came back and, you know, you know, started doing the Marvel stuff and became a super superstar, you know. And right. Then, and then to come here and do a role like this where he's almost rec- unrecognizable. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be any Robert Downey Jr.-isms. And he has a pretty... Yeah, you know, it he's does, someone that brings that into a lot of his work. In a lot of his work. Yeah, and yeah. here it does feel like he's playing 
against himself in this role, and that's mm-hmm. really nice to see. So I would I would be happy with either of those, but I think Robert Downey Jr. is probably going to have that one. So yeah, I think I, I agree with you. All right, what else do we got? Original screenplay. Original screenplay. Um, I this is. I think this is going to be between Past Lives and Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. Um, Anatomy of a Fall won at the Golden Globes as a surprise win that was expected to go to different different films. And so I think that, that shows that some goodwill is there for that particular one. Yeah. And I, I love that film as well. I think it's my number two film of the year. So, um, And it is a very screenplay-heavy, like, talky kind of movie where the dialogue and everything is super vital mm-hmm. to how you're understanding the information and absolutely um, and then past lives is one of those ones that has just been kind of beloved since it premiered earlier in the year yeah um my only concern with it is since it did premiere so early i'm wondering if the steam for it has burned out as as mm-hmm. oscar mm-hmm. season has kind of crept up mm-hmm. but i think that may have if i'm being honest that may have been my favorite of last year okay yeah. I, I loved yeah. it a lot yeah. um it just it's one of those ones again where like the emotions stack up until in those mm-hmm. final moments it just like kind of like breaks you you know yeah like, so, absolutely yeah well another like you said it sneaks up on you because that whole movie i kept hearing people telling me when they saw it they're like i just wept during that movie and i was like at what point because i there was a steady steady undercurrent of emotion the whole time but i never i was like i never i I never felt the need to cry and then the last scene Mm -hmm. (laughs) it literally waits yeah and then it just it's like oh so it was there it was in my throat the whole time i was just waiting for this moment to just burst all thing that had had been built up and so i realized like oh that's sneaky Mm -hmm. did a good job because Mm -hmm. i was definitely engrossed in and involved the entire time right um but it took that it took that and that's because that's a testament to how much she was holding back too. Oh yeah, Greta Lee, her performance is really good in it, and just very you know um, not revealing too much. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you you know she has there's a there's a there's a, a tension there between the two of them, but how deep is the is it is it more is it deeper for him than it is for her? You don't know, mm-hmm. and then you do, and then yep. you do. So yep. yeah, that movie also does something that is impressed me, where it presents like a character, like the husband character, that like yes. you think you should hate, but you can't. Like you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like where it kind mm-hmm. of puts you in that like position I, as an audience. I feel like if they had gone that route, then that would have it would have taken it down for me, just because it would have felt like a trope. You know? I agree. I agree. And, I, and they do such a good job of of fleshing that character out and making him. A, a sympathetic character that you also really care about because mm-hmm. you can tell she's actually very happy with him as well. There's not, there's love there. It's yeah. just that there's, it, it, it begs that question is like, can you, can you be in love with two people at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's love. It's really nice that he was um, understanding of that and didn't he even, they comment that. And I think it's a line of dialogue about it too. He was like, you know, I could be the jealous husband, you know, like, but, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't wind up being, and it's really nice. Yeah. And it, it's, that makes it kind of poignant too. Cause you, you, you feel the, the like I can't I can't do anything about this. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you know yeah, yeah. so um but I think I think I'm hoping against hope that it is past lives because that that is personally my favorite screenplay of the year. So absolutely, I love their their articulation of what that what that means, the, mm-hmm. you know, in their language. And so absolutely, I agree. Um, what about adapted screenplay? This is interesting too because uh, originally um, Barbie was going to be uh, considered an original screenplay, and mm-hmm. it has mm-hmm. been at every other every other award show, but the Oscars have have basically opted to say that it's adapted because it's based on an original property, but it's just, but I always say adapt it from what though? Like yeah. a, a toy, a concept yeah. like that. I mean, they, no, granted there are, there are animated Barbie movies, mm-hmm. you know, like many of them, but the movie that we watched is not adapted from them. No, so no. I feel like it should be an, a, a book or another film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there should be some, you know what I mean? Like some, 
some finer print. Something to base it on. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. just to say a toy just seems kind of, you know. But since Barbie is in this category, uh, I would have gone with um, with poor things um, in this category. But I, mm-hmm. because Barbie is in this category, I, I, I saw Barbie winning original yeah. screenplay with if it was in there. But since it's now here, I think that the consolation prize for Barbie, because I don't think, I think it's going to get a lot of nominations. I don't think it's going to get a lot of wins. Yeah. Um, but I think a good one would be, would be the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And you great. have like the writing tandem of like Noah Baumbach and Greg right. Gerwig. So, so the creators still get an, an Oscar for something, you yeah, know, like, yeah. so I feel like that would be where you would reward them, where it is also personally theirs because they both contributed to that. So. Right, right. Awesome. What next? What next? Um, international film. I think um, it's going to be between the Zone of Interest and um, Society of the Snow. Which, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that, um, for listeners, I, it's on Netflix. It just came out this past week, and it's fantastic. If you have, if you've never seen Alive, which was a 1993 film, but it had Ethan Hawke in it, mm-hmm. um, and it's about these um, um, Uruguayan um, uh, rugby players that mm-hmm. their their flight crashes into the middle of the Andes mountains during the dead of winter and no one knows they're there and they spend 72 days there um, trying to survive in snow with with very limited food and resources and they have to resort to some horrific things to survive. Mm -hmm. That's how I'll say that without without giving too much away and it's a true story and they uh, obviously several of them did die but uh, I think a good 26 to 30 of them survived and they all lived to tell the tale. Um, so there's a 1993 film that was made that was a Hollywood version of it, and this is like the more historically accurate Spanish-speaking language version of that. Gotcha. So, and you said that's on Netflix. On Netflix, and it's it's nominated for um, well, it's, the Oscars nominations aren't yet aren't yet here, but it's expected to be um, the number two you know contender here in this category. But I think that the zone of interest is the international movie of the year Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's probably going to take it and it is a haunting film it's Mm -hmm. a a haunting movie about um just kind of the banality of evil Mm. and i think that um it's it's haunting in the sense that it takes um nazis living their ordinary life um and just the sound design in the background Mm. there there (laughs) is the concentration camp so you're hearing screams and of, of of torture you know and so and then seeing that they're not that they're not the protagonist you know it's like we're just right. following the ordinary day-to-day occurrences of this nazi family and um and how removed they are mm. from this horrific thing that's happening right in their backyard and um the scary thing is as you get used to them doing their things you wonder in what ways in our own lives are we these people in different scenarios and don't know it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where we're just like, yeah, there's horrible things happening, but it's not my problem. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then you just go on about your day. Right, um, right. And how complicit we might be in that way. And I think that's what the movie's kind of getting at. It's not humanizing these people in any way. I think it's showing how how far, how not far removed we are from, you know, being numb to the plight of other people. Right. So it's it's powerful in that way. It's definitely not for everyone. It's a slow burn, but it's 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 effective, you know. So I think that's probably gonna take international film. Absolutely. Well thank you for doing this award show breakdown and um yeah, excited to see where all these categories land and yeah. everything. So Let's see how right I am, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come come back to this episode when the Oscars air and we can 
check off the box. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you, Laurent. And uh, before we uh, sign off, we want to kind of, um, you know, um, talk about the festival coming up this year. Uh, do you want to give a pitch for this year's festival? Yeah, I mean, we got some, um, we're still um, in the thick of it because we just had our, our most recent um, pool of, of submissions, mm-hmm. like the, the um, and then we have one more late submission in, um, I think February 7th is the last time you can submit. Um, so I think uh, we, well, we've got a lot more to sift through, but we're seeing a lot of um, a lot of interesting narratives, very diverse in terms of world um, like world stories, just all different kinds, and um, a lot that's um, I mean it's interesting, a lot that's responding to us. We had a meeting just the other day. Um, we're seeing a lot of stories told from the perspective of children, mm. which is interesting. I don't know. We don't know yet if that's going to be like the th- a, th- a theme or a whole block or what. But right. it's an interesting thing we're seeing is. Um, okay horrific things horrific life experiences and not some horrific some 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 nice fun experiences mm-hmm. but all told from the lens of a child and that's that's interesting so don't know what that says about where we're at in the world but yeah uh, that's something i've noticed um but um yeah and we look forward to people coming out to the festival um mm-hmm. uh, june 6th through the 9th yep. um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll we welcome everyone to come and visit and see what's new in store Absolutely. And then uh, make sure you're keeping an eye out on Dead Center's Instagram to see, uh, you know, all new events and things pop up and to keep an eye out for the continuum screenings. But uh, and Lauren, for you personally, do you have any uh, projects or anything coming up or anything you want to highlight? Um, I just finished another feature film. I'm writing one, writing Ooh, one. So nice. hopefully you'll hear about <laughs> me campaigning to to get the funding for that particular project. <laughs> uh, I'll say more on that later because there's not enough details yet. But um, I look forward to that. Uh, working on Dead Center this this year, um, just accepted a gig, um, working um, on you know on the crew side of things uh, nice. for a film with uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Um, mm. So excited about that! Yeah, awesome. Well, awesome. Keep an eye out for all that good stuff, and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining, Laura. Thanks for having me. The final deadline for the 2024 Dead Center Film Festival is February 7th, 2024, with a final extended deadline of February 15th that will include heftier fees. Apply to the Oscar qualifying Dead Center Film Festival at deadcenterfilm.org today. This podcast is sponsored by RK1 Studios. Thank you to Randy and Matthew for providing audio services in order to record this podcast. Check out their services at rk1studios.com. The Dead Center Podcast intro music is provided by Aaron Newberry of Kid Again Music. Check out Aaron's music at Kid Again Music wherever you find your music on streaming.